had the schos Arab Shabbos. I was schmoozing with a very choshevayid mechanech for many years. He was going through a terrible tzara. His brother is sick for he told me over seven years. So his brother is very sick for seven years, and he said, "I just I feel like giving up. I can't. Why should I daven?" This is a very, very chosh for a person who davens mamish. You watch his davening. It's, 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 it's beautiful. It's inspiring. And he said, I just... The Baruch is saying no. The Baruch is saying no. So that's it. So let me, let me move on. I'm daven for something else. Obviously the answer is no. So what I learned from there is that it doesn't make a difference how old you are. We always got we to gotta work on our amunah. Last week's parsha, we just finished reading Anoichi Hashem Aleikecha. It doesn't end. To work on Anoichi Hashem Aleikecha, it's, it's, it's a never-ending process in our lives. You could be a guy, you could be a mechanech for many years, have hundreds and hundreds of Talmidim, and you're still, you still need work on it. Because we shouldn't be tested, but to have a brother who's sick for seven years is not simple. Watch someone you love go through a tremendous tzar for years and years and years is is, is extremely difficult. So, obviously, I'm not judging the guy. I hear, you can hear where he's coming from. And Baruch Hashem says, no. Well, what's, how, does, how does the Torah look at it? Yisroi said in last week's parasha, Ata yodati, ki gadol Hashem nikolo Elohim. Now I know that Hashem is greater than all the gods. Why? The way Hashem punished the Mitzrayim, that's why I know Hashem is greater than all the gods. And it hit me during lading this, this week. It just it, it, it struck me what Yusri was saying. Yusri was saying, talking to this Nakuda, the Greek gods, anyone who's read these silly books, I don't know what they're, my, some, some of my kids love them. I read them a thousand times. I don't even know what the names of them are. They're just the covers of them make me make me nervous. But there are a lot of Greek uh, Greek mythology in them. The the gods are not nice. They're just they're they're jealous. They're mean. They're they they're venge. They they take revenge. They steal people's wives. They, all the worst things about human beings. The Greeks put onto their gods all the you want to you, you see a guy all the bad all the bad things that we that we human beings are they stuck onto their gods but they were afraid of them they were they were very afraid of their gods these these gods they believed they were very powerful and they, what what did they do they would sacrifice to them to appease them that's what they did they 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 spent their lives appeasing the gods to stay on the good side of the gods. So what was Yisrael saying? Now I know that Hashem is greater than all the gods. What's the shaykhs? Yisrael was pointing out the nekuda. The nekuda that makes the Rabbanu Shalalim obviously different than all the gods that they would serve. And that is, Hashem doesn't punish us the way gods punish. There's no shaykhs. The Rabbanu doesn't punish. The Rabbanu Shalalim teaches us the huge difference between punishing and teaching. 
there's no there's no shaykhs. Because if I would want to punish you, so the the crime and the punishment, there could be no shaykhs. You do one crime, and I punish you with something totally different. Whatever your crime is. You you get on my nerves, so I cut off your arm. No shaykhs. No there's no connection between the punishment and the crime. If I was trying to teach you something, I would only punish you in a way that you would be able to see from the punishment that I'm trying to teach you a lesson. So good parents, good teachers, hopefully you have them, when they, when they, when they try to give you a, a punishment, we'll call it the same word, so again, it's not the same thing, they're trying to make it fit, they're trying to make it fit the crime. Whatever it is that you did, they want to show you that that doesn't work. If you're going to keep on doing that, it's not going to work. Your life is not going to work out. Right? If a person is, a, let's say he's a car mechanic. This is a perfect example. I have a, a car mechanic, and I, I recommended him to at least 10 other people. Eli Shoham, I recommended him over the years. Why? Why did I recommend him? Because I used to use a guy. I even forgot the guy's name. To mention it. He used to use a guy, and I, I never knew if he was telling me the truth. And sometimes he would, I never went in there, it didn't cost me a thousand bucks. And one time, you know, I was stuck by 306, so I went to Ellie. So I pull in there, and the car is mamish not working. And I thought, no, it's gonna be a thousand bucks, because that was my wrong, that was my regulus in those days. And I went into the mechanic, it was a thousand bucks. Ellie calls me a couple hours later. Uh, Rabbi Brody, no charge. I said, what do you mean no charge? Your car wasn't working. And it was a fuse or whatever. I stuck it, whatever. I said, Ellie, what do you mean it was a fuse? How much was the fuse? A eh, fuse, a couple of dollars. Whatever. Okay. I said, ah, but I need, I need Ellie, ah. I felt bad. Spent time on my car. I said, Ellie, I could, I could use an inspection. It was a little heavy. I said, okay, I'll put on an inspection. I gave him, I don't know what it was, the 30 bucks for the inspection. And I gave him an extra couple. I said, Ellie, please let me pay for the fuse. It makes me feel bad. He said, okay, the fuse is, two, I don't know, five dollars. I gave him another five dollars for the fuse. How many times? So the guy, the Ghana who stole from me, what was his punishment for stealing from me? I never went back to him. I never recommended another person. If anyone would mention to me, they're going to him, I would say, you know, the guy's a shtickle Ghana. And what's Ellie's reward for being, for being honest? His reward for being honest is that I was... It's his reward that I now recommend them to other people. That's a tzitzah. The Rebbe does the same thing. The Rebbe is trying to teach us. So whenever we do something, he, whatever the punishment is, we can learn from it because it's just a lesson. Who are we talking about? The Mitzrayim. The Mitzrayim So hey, you know, I'm drowning in this, I'm drowning in the Yamsa. You know how, how many Jewish babies did we throw into the Yamsa? Oh, maybe it's not so Gishmak. They threw them into the Nilas. I'm sure there were plenty that were thrown into the Yamsa too. They chat why they're in the Matzev that they're in. Zok Yisroi, Ata Yodati, this is the Chilak. The Rabbanishal never punishes you, he's always teaching you. You gotta hear this, because this is Mamash the Rashiva said this yesterday. You're gonna you're gonna freak out. It's so it's such a such a beautiful, such a delicious pshat. 
said this yesterday by Shalashitz. People don't know that Nasev and Ishma is in this week's parsha. A lot of people don't realize that it's in Parshas Mishpatim. It's not in Parshas Yisra. Even though it was said, said by Mount Terah, the end of Parshas Mishpatim. Said over a shot from, from Rav Shach, he said a Meiser of Chaskal Abramsky, beautiful story. He said there's a guy in Eretz Yisrael, very intellectual guy, who was he, was, he was becoming from. But he always, he wanted everything explained to him. He just wasn't going to do anything if he didn't understand it. He wasn't one of these guys that just, he just does. So it came to Tefillin. So they were trying to explain to him why to put on Tefillin. And the guy said, you know, all that said, of told him the Chassam Seifer, all the beautiful things that, that we know that the Tefillin represent, the version of Ava for us, and the parishes of the Tefillin. This guy said, but listen to these strange black box tying them on my head. I don't know. doesn't. All these things you're telling me, if I would learn them, I would think it would, the, the lessons would make more of a Rishamon. Doesn't, doesn't talk to me. Doesn't, doesn't still, still not getting me to tie these strange black box on my hair, my arm, my head. So they didn't know what to do. So they slept him through Chaskal Abramsi. Chaskal Abramsi says, so like he says, you know, so I, I hear you, Kashas, you're, they're very, all very intelligent. But I'm not going to answer you. I want you to put the one on. I don't know what it was, I don't remember what he said, for a month, for two months, for three months, whatever it was, he made a deal with him. After you put them on, what, Don, how long was it? One month. After you put them on for a month, then you come back to me. The guy never came back. He had another problem, he ended up, months later, came back to Hatzkel, said, I was waiting for you after the month. So he smiled, you got me. Because after I put them on for a month, I understood why afterwards. Nasavanishma means you gotta do, you gotta understand. And like Stephen Covey said a great line, Zev, you remember this? To know and not to do is really not to know. To know and not to do is really not to know. What does that mean? I'll give you an example. I know people that that were diabetics. And chocolate cake for a diabetic is poison poisonous. Chocolate cake for a diabetic is poisonous. So, and the guy, the diabetic would say, this is poison for me. Five minutes later, I see the guy eating the cake. What's Pshat? Because he doesn't really know it's poison. He, he, he's saying it's poison, but if he's eating it, he doesn't think it's poisonous. If there would be cyanide in the cake, he wouldn't eat the cake. If he'd eat the cake and drop dead, he wouldn't he wouldn't eat the cake. I, five years later, the guy, the guy gets his foot cut off, and then he gets his other foot cut off, and then he, because diabetics, never, if they don't take care of it, eventually, if they eat enough chocolate cake, it's a very, very slow and painful death, piece by piece, literally. I've, see, I've seen it. But they keep on eating the chocolate cake because they don't, they don't really know. If they knew it, they wouldn't eat it. And we all know that's MS. So to know something and not to do it, it means you really don't know it. The first time, I'll never forget the first time I finished the Masech. I was in 12th grade, I finished Masech Kedusha. I say it, I feel, spent the whole year learning Masech Kedusha. I still get goosebumps from that feeling. You can't get that feeling until you finish the Masech. You gotta finish your first masechta to get that feeling. 
And kolaterakul is that way. When you do it right, when you do the mitzvah correctly, you feel it. It changes you. Slow, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly but surely over time, you become a different person. So I beg you, Rabbi Yisrael. So it's two points. The Rebbe Shem never punishes you. Never. There's no such thing as a punishment. The Rebbe Shem is always teaching us. And if something is, something's messed up in your life, try to think, why is it messed up? Because Hashem is just teaching me a lesson. And number two, the Nasev Anishma. The new pshat that I heard last night, pshat You think you could live, you live 55 years, you're not going to hear another pshat of Nasev You hear another pshat of Nasev Chaparayim. Throw yourself into learning. Throw yourself into your mitzvahs. Give it all you have. And if you do that, Pastor Hashem, you'll see Taka, the sweetness, you'll taste the sweetness of the Torah. A great way to do it.